Our next storyteller. Next storyteller. Your next storyteller. Our next storyteller. Hello and welcome to The Narrators. This podcast collects stories from our live events where people share true stories based on a theme. I'm very excited for your first storyteller. He is one of our very favorites. The t-shirts that you saw in the lobby, the artwork on those shirts is inspired by a story he told here once. He didn't want me to say anything other than he's feeling nervous. So that's all I'm going to tell you. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Stephen Birch. Hi. I am feeling nervous, and especially when he says things like, oh, the artwork in the shirt is inspired by one of his stories. It's so great, blah, blah, blah. It's not going to be that great this time, so let's just all make peace with that and move into our first story with an open heart and an open mind, okay? <laughs> My little sister and I grew up in a very tiny town in a very rural part of Iowa. In fact, the story that is on that shirt, I talked about that town. It's, it's Martell. And when I was describing how small it was, I explained that there was a sign in the park at the Martell city limits that said, Welcome to Martell, population 199. And, yep. And when my family of four moved into the town... Um, the, uh, I remember being in the park with my mom and sister playing while my dad was at work and this little old farmer drove up in a truck and he pulled out a ladder and a can of paint <laughs> and he painted over the 199 with a 203. <laughs> Which was just really beautiful to me. Even then I realized that everyone in the town mattered. Everyone was seen and this was a very special community and it is one that I'm very, very glad that I grew up in. Martell had a general store. It had three churches for 203 people. (laughs) Side note, my mom is now the minister of one of those churches, so she gets to be the minister in this little cute country church in the town where I grew up. I sort of love that. Isn't that adorable? And uh, we had a teeny tiny little library, and we had a volunteer fire department. And that was pretty much it. And the volunteer fire department was, of course, the pride and joy of our community. I mean, they were heroes, and they were volunteers, so they were heroes for free, which is the nicest kind of heroes. (laughs) But as you can imagine, in a town of 203 people, the volunteer fire department didn't see that much super exciting action, except at least in one case, when my little sister and I caught our neighbor's yard on fire. (laughs) And I would like to say that it was an accident, but it wasn't. (laughs) We didn't mean to catch the yard on fire, but we did mean to start the fire. And here is why. I know that we don't do this now, but in rural Iowa in the mid-80s, in the fall, you would rake the leaves and you burn them to get rid of them. And yes, we don't do that in Colorado in the here and now, but it, it was then. So that's how we did it. And, that <laughs> and normally that was done with adult supervision, preferably by the adult. But in this one instance, <laughs> this one instance, my uh, little sister and I gathered, as the children of Martell did, to play a game. Now, normally these games were fine. They were safe. We lived in a town that was um, where everyone knew everyone, of course. And between the hours after you finished your homework and before the sun went down, we sort of had free run of the town. So we would play hide and seek in the cornfields, much to the annoyance of the farmers when they found all the broken corn stalks at harvest time. Or we would go exploring abandoned railroad tracks or play in little glens. But we were always safe. And when it was time for us to come home, um, my 
dad would just stand on the front porch and shout, Jen, Steven, Jen, Steven. And eventually that message would be passed down to wherever we were. <laughs> and somebody, usually a little old lady, would say, Jen and Steven, your dad's calling. Why don't you bring these cookies home to your mom? Tell her I said, hey, okay? <laughs> and we would go home. So on this particular crisp fall night, we were making our plans, um, but we decided to meet in, in our friend's yards, Eric and Dougie Johnson. I don't know if I should say their real names. We'll call them, we'll call them Derek and Fugly Bonestown. How about that? <laughs> we met in their yard, and it just so happened that they had two giant trees, and the leaves had been falling, 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 and gathering, and being helpful little kids that we were, we decided we would gather the children, we'd rake them all up and jump in them a couple times, rake them back up, jump a couple more times, rake them back up, and then help the parents get rid of them. So my sister is adorable, and she has always been very, very persuasive. So even though Derek and ugly were better children than we were, um, she was able to convince them to bring their dad's lighter and a thing of lighter fluid. (laughs) So I can't remember who sprayed the lighter fluid, but someone sprayed the lighter fluid on the leaves, and then my sister and I both struck a match and threw it and watched it burn. This seems like a good time to tell you that um, the Johnsons' parents were not at home. So not only were we playing with matches, but we were entirely unsupervised in general. Where were the adults? There was one adult across the street watching this whole thing play out, and she called the volunteer fire department when she saw the flames, which was good because they arrived just in time, just about when the flames were reaching the level of the Johnsons' roof, And a breeze had picked up some of the leaves and started to scatter flaming leaves across other yards. We heard the familiar scream of our volunteer fire truck as they came barreling towards us with sirens and lights going to save us from ourselves. Now, my sister and I did not stick around to be saved. No, no, no. We ran home. Now, this is where the story that she remembers and the story I remember start to diverge. In her version, we went into... Okay, by the way, we were probably six and nine at the time. In her version, we went into the house. We told our mother that we started this fire and that we were very sorry. My mother said, you wait until your father comes home. But we did, and we took our licks, and that was it. We handled it responsibly. No, I don't think that that's true. I have a very different memory. I have a memory of not coming clean until we were both well into our 20s. (laughs) And it was after a Thanksgiving Day meal, and we were, we were talking, reminiscing about the great times we had in Martell, Iowa. And I said, remember that one time when we caught the Johnson's yard on fire? <laughs> and my mom said, that was you? For decades, we have blamed Eric and Dougie. That was you? And she sent us both to our rooms as adults to think about what we had done. I think that somewhere in the middle lies the truth. I think we probably went home and confessed to being present for this small act of arson, but we did not confess that we were the ones doing it, which was enough to get us in trouble. And where our memories converge and become the same again is the next day when our parents brought us to the Johnson's yard, where the scene of the crime, where all of the children and all of the parents had gathered to lecture us on the dangers of playing with matches. And my sister and I remember not so much the speech, 
speech, but seeing the damage, there really wasn't that big of a deal. <laughs> it was like this perfectly round circle that was burned into the lawn, and we were like, well, fuck, why are we in trouble for that? We really did kind of help. Pretty much that's where the story ends, but I need to tell you that I think that probably my version, my memory, is more correct. Because my sister wouldn't have told on me. She protected me a lot. She was younger, but she was oftentimes my protector. My mom tells a story of before we moved to Martell, when we were in Air Force housing in uh, California, I was probably four or five, and I came home crying. Some of the older boys had started picking on me. And my sister snuck out, carrying a little yarn clown that she'd carried everywhere with her, found the boys who picked on me and punched them. So she was two or three. And the only reason we know that that happened is because those boys' mom came and said, your daughter beat up our sons. She was like, yep, they picked on my my brother. She did that. Um, One time, uh, I remember... My mom, when we had moved to Martell, she went to go see a different neighbor, and I became sort of panicky and started crying. And my sister grabbed her clown in one hand, grabbed my hand in the other hand, and just walked me to the neighbor's house where my mom was. Dropped me off, turned around, and walked herself back home. (laughs) And as I got older and experienced some bullying that many members of the LGBT community experience, her fights became more intense and more consistent, but she was always there to protect me. And so that's why I don't think she probably said, we started the fire, we did this, because she would have been protecting me. Because what I've learned is that what burns a lot brighter than a fire started by two elementary school students (laughs) is the love for a very strong little sister for her fruity big brother. Keep it going for Stephen Birch. Narrators was created by Andrew Orvidal and is produced by me, Ron Doyle, Sidney Crane, and Aaron Rollman, with support from Scott Carney, Karen Wachtel, Jesse Witten, and Robert Rutherford. We'd like to thank our sponsors, Bumport Theatre Company, Illegal Beats, From the Hip Photo, and Great Divide Brewing Company. Our theme music is by Whalehawk, and we'd also like to thank Jobless, who provided the music you're listening to right now, and fans just like you who attend our live monthly shows, which take place every third Wednesday of the month at Bumport Theatre in Denver, Colorado. For more information about our storytellers or the narrators, visit thenarrators.org and find, rate, and review us wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.